Welcome to the Board Shorts podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cook, and I'm here with another easy to digest dose of valuable board and company director related information designed to help you to get on board and thrive in the boardroom. Hello friends, welcome back to another episode of the Board Shorts podcast. This is episode 44 and I'm finishing off 2021 in a little bit of a different way for you guys, for the listeners. And what I'm doing is a three-part series and this is all about propelling your board career forward. And this is a series of three podcast episodes going across episode 44, 45, and 46. And across each of these episodes, we're focusing on how uh, different aspiring board members or current board members can do what they can do, what actions they can take at this time of year and going into 2022 to help propel your board career forward, wherever you are on that journey. So this episode, episode 44, is for those folks who are just starting out on their board journey, the aspiring board members, whether this is a goal that you have in mind for next year or you're looking to get started already, then this episode is all for you, sharing some things about how to really get started on that board journey. The next episode, number 45, is for those who are looking to reboot and re-energize their board goals and are really looking to put some serious effort behind their 2022 networking strategy with an aim to getting onto a board. And that episode is also valuable for those aspiring board members as well. It's all going to help you. Then in episode 46, I'm going to be talking about what to do when you're looking to take your board career to the next level in 2022. So that's moving from a volunteer board role into a paid board role. So I'll be talking about a few things in that episode. Uh, If that sounds like you, jump forward and jump into that. That's what we're covering in episode 46. So this episode, I'm going to share three things to do to start your board journey. So aspiring board member, right at the beginning, what do we do? Uh, If you're looking, before I jump in, if you're looking to put some serious efforts into attaining your 2022 board goals, I would really consider enrolling into Break Into the Boardroom. And that's a fully online self-paced course taking you through the steps to land a board role. And enrollment into the course, uh, which is open at any time, ready for you when you are, it also includes a personal one-to-one coaching session with me where we can leverage off the work that you've done in the course to support you to achieve your board goal or board goals. So you can find more information about that course and enrollment at getonboardaustralia.com.au forward slash academy. Now, let's get into things. Where is the best place to start your board journey? 
If you're an aspiring board member, you've had an idea for some time or it's just dropped into your mind that this is something you'd like to explore and perhaps get into in 2022, the first stop uh, that we normally need to make or maybe even before we set out on the journey is for you to sit down, spend some time and clarify your board goal or your board goals. It's so easy for us to get caught up in the romantic view (laughs) or mental image that we have about serving on a board and what that means. And that's great for you to have. That's wonderful. Uh, It's really great to hear that you have such a nice view of board service. Uh, It's not all glamorous and you really do need to know what you're getting into. So I recommend you doing some work on that first and foremost to see if boards are actually a space you want to play in. But if you've done that, you've thought beyond that, it's now time to think a little bit deeper because knowing where you want to go, like with any journey, is going to make that journey so much easier. It's going to be more direct. You're not going to waste time. And you're not going to frustrate people by asking them to help you get on a board, get on any board, just get me a board seat so I can say I'm on a board. That's not going to help you. It's not going to help your board career in the long term. And it definitely won't help it in the short term. And it's not a great message to be putting out there in the world. So we really want to take the time to clarify our board goal so that it informs the rest of the activity that we do around getting ourselves into the boardroom. So where do we start when we think about a board goal? I'll get into a couple of approaches that I normally recommend people take or that are ideas for you to take. But I don't want you to uh, make it so narrow that you're really constricting yourself. And I don't want you to make it so broad as to just come out and say, I want to get on a board, any board will do, just get me on a board. So we want it to be narrow enough to inform your other board search activities and you want it broad enough to enable success. So Tony Robbins talks a lot about making the game winnable and this is where I think setting a board goal and making it right in that sweet spot where it's not too narrow and it's not too broad is really going to help you make that game, the game you're about to play, winnable for yourself. So here are some ways in which to set your board goal. The first is what I call an intersection approach, which is not a very clever name, but imagine a Venn diagram with the three circles that all overlap in the middle. One circle consists of your interests and passions. The second circle is around your expertise and skill set. And the third circle is around opportunity. And I think interest and passion and expertise and skill set are very self-explanatory. 
but I want to touch on what do I mean by opportunity? Well, opportunity is where you can look at in conjunction with kind of where you're thinking your board goals will be, are those kind of boards and organizations looking for someone like you? So are you selling what they're looking to buy? Are you going to be attractive to those kind of boards based on your expertise, skill set, and your interests and passion? So it's a bit of a chicken and an egg scenario. (laughs) You may have an idea about the types of boards you want to sit on, maybe industry, maybe specific boards themselves, doing some research and looking at them through the lens of your skill set and expertise and unique value proposition, which we'll get into, is going to help you to understand whether there's an actual realistic opportunity for you to end up on that board, which is why I always like to add opportunity into that mix. I don't want you to set yourself up for failure. I want you to set yourself up with the highest likelihood possible that you'll end up on that board that you want to end up on. So that's one approach. The second approach is more around uh, thinking about where the organization is at or what type of organization it is. So this is a particular an organization that does a particular thing, sports club, not-for-profit disability services, um, engineering consulting firm, whatever it is, whatever the type of organization is. And you can blend that with or use the stage or the phase of the business as the direction. So what do I mean by that? So are you looking to get onto the board of an organization that's looking to grow? Is it looking to go overseas? Is it looking to start exporting something overseas? Is it looking to go through a whole series of mergers and acquisitions for its growth? Or is it looking to serve a wider audience? Is it looking to, I don't know, introduce technology to help it run smarter, more efficiently, etc. Whatever the stage or phase that that business is in is more attractive to you than, say, whatever industry or organisation type it is. Or you could use a combination of both uh, and bring in that intersection approach that I talked about first as well. So you can use two of those together uh, or them each individually Uh, And using them all together, I guess we can call that an integrated approach uh, where you use a bit of everything. So it may sound a little bit confusing and overwhelming. I find diagrams help a lot with this. We can't do that on a podcast. So what I have as the next best thing is sharing an example. What would this look like? What would your board goal, if we wrote it out, what would it look like? Here's an example. So my board goal would be a disability services not-for-profit organisation that supports girls and women to become confident and excel at what they do and want to achieve. And this organisation is looking to improve their growth and impact through creating strategic partnerships. So that example, in a nutshell, really encompasses a lot of those different 
approaches. You could argue that it integrates all of them together. So we've got disability services, not-for-profit. That could fall in our bucket of opportunity. Not-for-profits are very often looking for board members uh, or at least committee members most of the time, not least volunteers to help in other capacities as well. So we have an opportunity, but we also have a type of organisation uh, and we've really specified it. We've not just said not-for-profit, we've said disability services not-for-profit. And we've gone beyond that and said one that supports girls and women. So we're getting a little bit more narrow, but we're not exactly defining a very specific one-off organisation where there's only one of them, there's only one board, but we're kind of narrowing or directing our focus while keeping it broad enough uh, in the general realm of organisations that do this. Uh, so that also the supporting girls and women could fall in your interest and passion bucket as well. And then we bring in a little bit of a blend of our expertise and skill set along with the stage or phase of the organisation when we talk about that the organisation is looking to improve their growth and impact but we're looking at organisations trying to do that through strategic partnerships. So you could argue that's a little bit of blend of that expertise with the stage or phase uh, or strategic intent of that organisation. So that's a good example for you. A board meeting is the most valuable time in any organisation. The boardroom is where the organization's leaders come together and make decisions about the future success of that organization. If you can make that meeting well-informed, more effective, and less complicated, by default, you empower the board to make the best decisions, making the organization and its people successful. This is where the onboard platform can help. You can accomplish more outside of meetings with thorough preparation beforehand. Time spent in the boardroom becomes more focused and effective than ever before. See how at bit.ly forward slash onboard video. That's bit.ly forward slash onboardvideo. The second thing I want you to do if you're an aspiring board member looking to start your board journey is to become your best salesperson. Now, I've already kind of alluded to this approach that I tend to take around seeing yourself as something or someone you need to sell to a particular audience. Um, that's probably because of my marketing background but it's a really uh, good way to kind of remove the emotion from your board search strategy, from the approach to your board journey. Uh, boards are there to serve an organisation to achieve its purpose. And boards are made up of a whole range of different skill sets, personalities, etc. that align with that organisation trying to achieve its purpose. If you don't have what a particular board 
is looking for or wants or needs at a particular time. It's not about you as a person. It's about you're just not having that mix of expertise, of skill set, of network that they need right now. All things considered from the board perspective. So your blend of attributes that you're offering an organization and a board, you can think of that as a blend of attributes that a service or product may have that you're looking for. So it's less about the object itself being you than it is about that mix of attributes that's on offer or that's being offered. So I think we're going down a bit of a rabbit hole here, but I hope that the the understanding that I'm trying to impart in you is that you're selling yourself into these boards. That's just how it is. And so you need to have a really good understanding of what those boards that you're looking to join are looking for and wanting from its board members, which is why you need to set your board goal because then you'll you'll know how to position yourself, how to talk about yourself, what particular attributes you choose to highlight that are attractive to those particular boards. If you take just a blanket approach and don't have a direction, it's going to be really hard for you to really know what what to lead with when you're out there uh, pitching yourself and positioning yourself for board roles. So this, this blend of attributes that I've been talking about is what I refer to as your unique value proposition. And knowing this is one thing. Talking about it is another. And then beyond that, you're crafting it in a way that's really uh, compelling and interesting and makes sense to the boards you're positioning yourself for. So what is your unique value proposition? Well, it's all of those attributes that you bring to a board, your particular unique blend of skills, expertise, abilities, personality, the way you think, the way you process things, the way you work as a team, all of that kind of interpersonal behavioural stuff, as well as your network, which matters more in some boards than others. And because you've done your work around setting your goal, you know if this is important to the particular boards you're positioning yourself for or not. So it's those unique that unique blend of everything that you're bringing, that's your unique value proposition. And when you talk about your unique value proposition to to people when you're on this board journey, you do so in terms of the outcomes that you achieve for your role, your organisation or the clients you serve. So a lot of times what we hear uh, people think that their unique value proposition is, is that it's their job title. So it's not your job title. It's about what your job or position achieves. 
And yes, I'm talking about this from a professional sense. Uh, Most of the people I end up working with that come to get on board Australia are those people who are working full-time in a professional capacity. And if you've been here for any length of time, you'll know that I use a professional role as a shorthand to mean whatever that main job is that you have that probably is earning your income (laughs) that you do through the day or that you spend most time doing. It's not necessarily within a profession per se. Uh, So most of the time when we're talking about unique value proposition, it is from this professional capacity, particularly at the beginning of a board career, particularly when your expertise is what's going to be seen as the most valuable asset you have for a particular board. So it's, it's a good idea to think about your unique value proposition, make some notes, do some mind mapping, brainstorming, talking to your mentor or coach or boss or friend or whoever you think knows you well, won't sugarcoat stuff, actually help you understand what is your unique value proposition that you have. And once you understand this, shorten it down to a few words. And this is sometimes referred to as an elevator pitch. And it's that answer you give when you meet new people and they say, what do you do? And think for a second how you normally answer that question. Chances are you use your job title to describe what you do. A lot of the time, job titles do not explain what we do. (laughs) It explains the title that we're being given within the context of a specific organisation that we work for. Sometimes this means very little to people on the outside who aren't familiar with the job titles within your organisation. That's why it also helps to talk about kind of what your job or what your position achieves for the organisation and or for the clients that you serve. So the best example of a short unique value proposition, elevator pitch, is one for an intellectual property lawyer. And they would answer when they meet someone and that person asks them, what do you do? this lawyer would respond, I protect ideas. And just think for a second how much more engaging that is versus answering the question, what do you do, with I'm an intellectual property lawyer. I'll let you think which one's more engaging than the other. So after that, you can develop a longer unique value proposition, which helps answer the subsequent question that you'll probably get after you have a very compelling short unique value proposition or elevator pitch, which is someone often asking, how do you do that? Or what do you mean by that? Or tell me more or words to that effect. So you want a few dot points that reinforce 
that unique value proposition you're trying to make to that particular audience you're trying to make it for. In our case, it's those boards that are in our goal uh, sort of bucket that we're looking to join. And then go from there. You don't have to have this purely scripted out. It's just a few dot points about the variety of things that you do and how best you help your clients or your organization. And that's it. And most of the time when you're using that, you're meeting people at a networking event or at a gathering, whatever it is, and you're just trying to give them a bit of an overview. You're not there to give them the whole kit and caboodle sales pitch, get on a board there and then. You're really just trying to spark a conversation and hopefully that goes somewhere. So when you're working on your unique value proposition, I really encourage you to infuse it with your personality because we don't want it to be boring if we're not boring people. We don't want it to be conservative if we're not conservative. Make it make sense to who you are and what you do. And I want you to work on it and come up with something that feels comfortable and that comes naturally because otherwise it's just going to be weird and awkward if you haven't practiced it and you meet people and you try and remember what it is that you've written down and then it just comes out all weird and awkward, uh, which it will feel the first few times. So <laughs> keep working on it, stick with it. I encourage you to do it. Now, for a more in-depth view and understanding on what your unique value proposition is and how to develop it, go and listen to episode 27 and that's really going to help you to craft something that's really meaningful and valuable. So the third thing that I recommend you do if you're starting out on your board journey uh, either now or looking to do so in early 2022 is to run a personal brand audit. And I want you to do this through the lens of what you're positioning yourself for, so the boards you're positioning yourself for, and that it's telling the story that you want it to be telling about you and is aligned with your unique value proposition and the work that you just did. So after you're clear on your unique value proposition, review your personal brand assets and ask yourself whether there's alignment between the message you want to be sending and what you're actually portraying yourself as. So what are personal brand assets? You have them and you probably don't even realize. First and foremost are your social media channels. And in a professional capacity, the most important one is LinkedIn. So with go through those two first steps about setting a board goal and getting clear on your unique value proposition. Take that lens and look at your LinkedIn profile and ask yourself, is that saying what I want it to be saying? If I didn't know me, am I getting that message that I'm wanting to send about myself? I also want you to consider personal brand assets, including your actual behavior on social media. 
And I know that some things have privacy restrictions and whatnot, but a really good rule of thumb that I like to use is assuming that everything I do online on social media can be seen publicly or may end up being put in the public domain. So keep that in mind. Also think about your clothing, your emails, that's the content and your email signature, your website. If you have a personal website and I recommend if you're seeking board roles, setting up a personal website is a really great thing to do. Um, And you can usually set one up for free using uh, WordPress or Wix or something like that and have it nice, um, basic, a, a bit of an about page and your contact details and maybe an introduction video. I'd love to see something like that. Uh, and, and they're really easy, really valuable for you to set up as well. Think about your business cards, which I also recommend personal business cards for your board endeavors so that you're not stuck being, uh, unable to be contacted if you change where you work or change jobs. Uh, your personal brand also expands out to how you talk about yourself actually talk about yourself to others, (laughs) how you talk about other people to others. Um, Everything you do is sending a message about you out to the world. And always ask yourself, is this the message I want to be sending? What am I leaving in my wake? Is it how I want to be known and perceived in the world and check it back against your board goal, against your unique value proposition. So to recap those three things, first stops on your board journey, getting clear about your board goal or goals. I'm not saying you just have to have one. You can have a few. Get clear on your unique value proposition and do it from the perspective of the board or boards you're positioning yourself for. And three, run a personal brand audit and make the changes and updates and revisions that you need to do to make sure that it's clear on your unique value proposition and aligned with those boards you're positioning yourself for. And once you've done all that, I would recommend listening to the next episode on rebooting your board goals, which will be all about developing a strategic and sustainable approach to networking for your board goals. If you haven't already, I invite you to subscribe rate and review the Board Shorts podcast on your favourite podcast app. And please feel free to share that you're listening and what your takeaways are from this episode on social media using the hashtag Board Shorts Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you in the next episode. The Board Shorts Podcast is powered by Get On Board Australia, the destination for aspiring and new board members helping you to get on board and thrive in the boardroom.